This is episode 200 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we're going to talk about how to stop dieting and how to create a brand new beginning for your relationship to food. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and emotional eating expert, creator of the Going to Beyond the Food method and founder of the Going to Beyond the Food Academy. Corporate executive turned health expert with my own journey with weight, body image, and food. It's now my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently right now and unconditionally. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hello, sisters. Episode 200. Yay! I want to hear you clap right now. I never saw this coming. Truthfully, I was opening my file about three weeks ago, and I clued in that we were working soon on our 200th episode. Time flies. I would have, should have planned a big party, but I didn't. What I did instead is to create a get started episode. And this is what today is about. The podcast has evolved. Like if you go back to the very first episode to where we are today, right? The podcast has evolved to talk about different topic and have different perspectives. So when people come to the podcast, it's like, where do I even start? And starting from episode one is probably not the best place because I was at a different place and talking of different things. So this episode is going to be the starting point. It's going to be like where I want folks to start from. And that's going to be the tool for you to share with your friends, with your sisters. And perhaps if you're brand new to the podcast, like you've just discovered the podcast and you're where do I start? This is the place to be. So that's going to be a get back to basic episode. We're going to talk about why we need to stop dieting and how to start with the solution. Because if we stop dieting, then what? That's the most popular question that I get is like, okay, if I stop dieting, then what do I do? This episode is going to answer all of those questions and at the end of the podcast, I am going to share with you probably one of the best resources out there to stop the dieting process and then start eating better. Because the truth is, when you stop dieting, you eat better. Some will even say, quote, healthier. So how do we do that? I'll share with you at the end of the podcast a resource. So here's the lay of the land for the podcast today. We're going to talk about what is diet culture, why you have a choice to embrace diet culture or not, and then we're going to move into the five step to gently start undieting, and then we're going to talk about the five step to gently start undieting and create a healthy new beginning with food via intuitive eating. Ready for that? Let's do this, sister. Here's the latest epidemic that you need to watch for. And we are in the middle of this epidemic right now. One that is destroying the quality and longevity of our life. And it affects not only us, but our children and the children of our children. 
While it's been around for a while, it's growing at an alarming rate, not only here in North America, but all around the world. And you would be hard pressed to find a culture that isn't struggling with it. And no, I am not talking about obesity. I'm talking about our obsession with weight and diet. 97% of women surveyed by Glamour magazine in 2011 said that they felt hatred towards their body at least once a day and often more. Eight out of 10 women are unhappy with their reflection. That leads us to the solution that all of us know, which is dieting. We control the food in some form and we exert more energy out and then the magic should happen. We finally lose the weight. Our body is finally acceptable. We get to fit in societal norm of thin body and the pressure is relief. We can finally accept our body, which then means we can be happy and healthy. Now, that's the magic formula that we are into right now or that we partook in for a long time. Does that sound right? But the truth is, for 95% of us, it doesn't happen this way. It does work, but just for a fleeting moment. We lose the weight, perhaps keep it off for a few months, even a year. And then at some point, the focus of our life drops from managing the weight to actually living our life. And then the weight slowly come back. And for some of us, it's rapid. Some of us will go on to eating all the forbidden food and perhaps even binge and regain the lost weight and perhaps some more. And then we stay there until the next wave of shame comes upon us. Shame and fear is what's driving us back into the next diet cycle. Shame of not being acceptable in our body, not being attractive, and also fear for our health. And we jump into the next diet with determination that this will be the last one. That we try to lose or we try to maintain what we lost. At some point, something happened in the rest of our life that makes us stop once more these extreme dieting effort that we're putting into our life. And then the weight comes back on again. And then we cycle like this many times, depending when you started and how long you've been doing. This could have happened to you two times, five times, 10 times, 20 times. And then we hit 40, perhaps even younger. For me, it was 36. And then we realized that our, quote, weight problem occupies way too much space in our life. It's way out of proportion. You know that seeing your body as something to be pried into submission is what you're actually teaching to your own children. 
The emotional roller coaster, the anxiety, the depression, the body shame, the lack of intimacy, or perhaps even a diagnosis with a health condition. And then it triggers an awareness moment that you know you've got to do something, but you can't fathom another diet. You know that something's got to change, that you got to engage with your health differently, that you got to eat differently. You want to stop dieting. You want to eat better. You want to feel better. You want to be healthier. But then what? You've heard of the whole ditch dieting, stop dieting, anti-dieting, and that sounds great. But then what? You're so confused about food and health that you don't even know where to start and what to do next. And here's the crazy thing. You have the solution within you right now. All of us have. It's like, you know, that moment where you're looking for your glasses and you patrol the whole house looking for your glasses. You spend minutes, if not hours, looking for your glasses and you complain to your partner, which then turns around and points out that your glasses are on top of your head. So you're looking for that solution, yet it's right there in front of you. That solution to what do I do if I don't diet? You have it within you right now. That solution to eat better is in you right now. It's called intuitive eating. Now, before we go further, one of the promise I made at the top of the podcast is to have a tool for you. So don't worry about taking notes and trying to capture every word I'm going to say of because you want to put this solution in action into your life. We're going to give you a tool at the end, a PDF document, some videos, totally free, that will recap everything I'm just teaching you for the rest of this episode. So for now, what I want you to do is to listen to me carefully. I want you to be in your body and I want you to feel how your body reacts to what I'm about to teach you. Intuitive eating is within you. And the prime example of that is a baby. When a baby is born, it cries when it's hungry. You feed the baby, it stops crying, goes back to sleep until it cries again the next time. And then they have the need of hunger or perhaps changing the diapers. The baby knows that something is going on within them that they want to eat, and then they signal it to you, you take action, and then you feed them. And as they grow up, this continues. And it continues, and that's what's called intuitive eating. They intuitively know that they're hungry. They perhaps, as they grow up as a toddler, will point out to what they want, but they're following their hunger and fullness cue. They'll eat when hungry, they'll stop when they're full, and some days they won't want to eat. And then we start intervening, or perhaps our parents started to intervene externally to say, no, 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 you got to eat more. You got to eat everything that's on your plate. And then we grow up to be teenager and we're like, oh, my body is too fat. 
I got to be on a diet. I got to start controlling my food via dieting. And then our first diet happens and we start disconnecting from our innate hunger and fullness cue. We start disconnecting from intuitive eating. And then we land at 40 here, completely confused, completely frustrated with the act of eating. That's what intuitive eating is. Intuitive eating is the natural state of human being in regards to food. Intuitive eating is now a well-researched and proven self-care eating framework. And when I say well-researched, it is supported as of 2019 with well over 100 studies showing the efficacy of intuitive eating. There will be link to those study in the show note if you want to look at them. So let me break this down. So intuitive eating is a framework, meaning it's the entire food experience. It means before you actually eat how you think about food, how you engage during the act of eating, and how you engage post-eating. It's not just the hunger and fullness diet. It's an entire framework to help you navigate through the eating experience. And intuitive eating is not about weight loss. It's about self-care. It's about taking action to preserve or improve your own emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Intuitive eating is a holistic approach to health. What is the outcome of intuitive eating? A healthy relationship to food, the ability to distinguish between physical and emotional hunger, a higher level of connection with your body, which will help you manage your health globally, what is also known as body wisdom. Now, although it is an innate state for the human being, it is so foreign due to diet culture, which I'll get to in just a second, that I had as a nutritionist to go back and study it. And if you want to know more about the people who research it and who actually brought it back up, her name is Evelyn Triboli. She wrote a book called Intuitive Eating. She's my mentor. I've studied with her. There's a podcast episode, podcast 186. Amazing interview with her. You can go and listen to that next. So how do we go from stopping dieting to becoming an intuitive eater? That's going to be the rest of the podcast. I'm going to outline what I believe to be the five steps to begin this healthy relationship to food and no longer dieting. Step number one, understand diet culture. Good question, right? What the heck is diet culture? So diet culture is actually a behavior that we have in modern society. So let me kind of roll this back. For most of us here listening to this podcast, dieting, the goal of losing a few pounds and attaining a, quote, body goal has been part of our regular life. Most of our adult life has been centered around that. And 
for many of us, it's been either a continuous focus or perhaps occasional focus with the whole, perhaps, bikini body when the summer comes in and then we start focusing on it and then we let go and then we come back. That's diet culture. Diet culture is that phenomenon that we have in this society here that makes us focus on our body. And that then gives us the tool that is called dieting, right? This whole controlling food and exercise to manipulate your body. That's the dieting culture. Now, it's so prevalent that we don't even think of it. And that's why we call it a culture, because we believe in it, because we're exposed to it for most of us at like five or six years old when we hear our mom commenting on her body weight or how she looks. We grow up in this environment where our caregiver, our concern about their weight, we learn that behavior, then we go out into the world and then reinforce in school, in the magazine, in TV. We don't even question it. We don't even know it's a cultural environment in which we live in. That's the hallmark of culture, is that we don't even realize we're doing it. And it becomes just like feeding ourselves, losing weight becomes a checklist that we all have to do. The problem is it doesn't work. And then every time we have a failure, we take the blame on ourselves. We must be doing something wrong because culturally it works for everyone else. And then we try harder the next time because it works for everyone else. So I must be doing something wrong. So then I elevate the level of complication. I make things more hardcore. So it works. And then we enter into this diet cycle, yo-yo dieting on and off the wagon. The problem with this multiple reoccurrence of dieting is that it has consequence. It has consequence on our health marker. It has consequence on our mental health and our emotional health. And then we develop a disordered relationship with food. Now, there's a spectrum on this. Some have a eating disorder, like that's the end of the spectrum, right, where it's a diagnosed medical condition. And there's also folks that have a disordered relationship with food. And that's why you land here, right? So what fuels that is what we call diet culture. Now, a colleague of mine, her name is Christy Arison. She runs the Food Psych Podcast, a podcast dedicated for eating disorder recovery, has done extensive work in trying to frame diet culture. And that's what I'm going to share with you here, the next few four points, all Christie's words. So diet culture is defined as the worships of tinness and the equation to health and moral virtue. So tinness equaling health and moral virtue, which means you spend your whole life thinking that you're broken just because you don't look like the thin ideal. Diet culture promotes weight loss as a mean of attaining that higher status, tin ideal, 
which means that you feel compelled to spend a massive amount of time, energy, money trying to shrink your body, even though research is very clear that almost no one can sustain intentional weight loss for more than a few years. The failure rate of dieting is 95%, proven, demonstrated. 95% of people who lose weight via dieting, because they do, will then regain it all within one to five years. Only 5% of people can maintain a diet-induced weight loss for more than five years. Diet culture demonizes certain ways of eating while elevating others, which means you are forced to be hyper-vigilant about your eating, ashamed of making certain food choice, and distracted from the satisfaction, pleasure that food should have in your life. And you're distracted from your entire life purpose. Currently, diet culture demonizes carbs. Dial back 20 years, diet culture demonizes fat. What's next? We don't know. Last point, diet culture oppress people who don't match up with its supposed pictures of health, which is disproportionately arms women, women of, get considered themselves women, fame, trans folks, people in larger body, people of color, people with disability, damaging both mental and physical health. That's what diet culture is. Now, here's a good news. It's a cultural movement. It's not a rule. It's not a law. There is not a tin ideal police that's going to come knocking at your door to say, hey, you're not following diet culture. Belonging to a cultural movement is optional and something that you can say no to. So if you want to stop dieting and eat better with intuitive eating, the first thing you have to say no to this culture. You have to make the choice to buy in or not. Like the empowered woman that you are everywhere else in your life, you're fully empowered. You are empowered to make that choice. You can reclaim your power by taking step two rejecting diet culture. Now, when we do that, the first thing we need to do is change the environment we interact with. Let me give you this example of someone that would say had an addiction to alcohol, right? They would be what we call commonly an alcoholic. And that person raises their hand and say, I want to stop drinking and then seek counsel, somebody to help them. And that person says, yeah, I'm going to help you. Let's go to your favorite drinking place, your favorite bar. We're going to pitch a tent in the middle of the bar. And I'm going to help you stop drinking in that environment. Do you think that person who wants to stop drinking would be successful living in the same environment that she or he was drinking from? No. So the first thing we need to do when we start rejecting diet culture is to change our environment. Throughout the books, the magazine, the cookbooks, the programs, delete all those files, throw them out, unfollow social media accounts that promote the dieting myth, that promotes food restriction, that promotes over-exercise, that use weight loss lingo. Even 
the people who promote wellness as a diet, right? Because diet culture is getting really smart these days, and it's upgrading its language. We saw that recently with Weight Watcher moving and rebranding themselves as wellness that works. Because Weight Watcher was starting to see a sales decrease, so they rebranded themselves as wellness. So the whole whole 30 movement, detoxes, cleanses, elimination diet, keto intuitive, all of this stuff, it's still dieting. Get rid of all of that. Follow new people. Read new books. Watch your TV program from a different angle, right? As you read those books, two books that I encourage you to read, Intuitive Eating, the book from my mentor, Evelyn Triboli, or Body Respect and Health at Every Size from Dr. Linda Bacon. Start putting yourself into a new environment. Listen to my podcast. Follow me on social media, right? And then start embedding yourself in a new culture, which then leads you to step number three. Be present with your food. So when you eat, when you go into the act of putting food in your mouth, stop the distraction, stop the phone, the TV, the reading, and then give yourself, say, 15 minutes to be present with your meal. Use your five senses, and we will teach you that in the tool, so don't worry, but use your five senses, your highs, your smell, your taste, and then enjoy your food. The outcome of being present with your food is satisfaction, which is a principle of intuitive eating, finding and seeking satisfaction and contentment with your food. When you feel satisfied and content, you're not going to seek more satisfaction in the next two hours with the next food that you're going to bring to your mouth because you already feel satisfied. We did an entire podcast on that, podcast 194, Women, Food, and Mindfulness, that you perhaps want to listen to next. So now what's step number four? Move from external cues for eating to internal cues. So honoring your hunger and respecting your fullness are the two tenets of intuitive eating, which means you actually have to get to know your body. Right. Not only are we present with the actual act of eating, but we then look within to say, hmm, I feel hungry. Hunger feels like this for me. And when I feel like this, that means I need to eat food. And on the opposite side, hmm, perhaps I've had enough food. I feel like this. That means I'm full. That is what dieting disconnects us with because it says, don't listen to your hunger and fullness, follow these rules, the calorie count, the macro count, and so forth. Now, it is not the eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full diet. That's not what it is. It's about reconnecting with our body so we can follow our internal cue. Step number five is seek satisfaction. As I alluded earlier, when you are present with your food, one of the things that happen is that you start being content. You start taking joy with your food. 
And to find that joy, you have to eat food that you like, which means there's no good and bad food. So we have to begin the journey of stopping categorizing food as good or bad, because if the food falls into the bad, but you like it, that means you can't have it. That means you'll never feel contempt. So we have an entire podcast about that, podcast 199, that you perhaps want to listen to. Now, a footnote on this, because that's always what I get when I talk about seeking satisfaction. People say, well, if I eat whatever I want, I'm going to eat sugar all day, or I'm going to eat carbs all day, or I'm going to eat McDonald's all day. Whatever rhetoric you believe into, let me say this to you. Go on. Give yourself a one full day where all you're going to eat, everything that's going to come through your mouth is going to be sugar. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed. Take one day. Try it. You tell me how you feel. Because that's part of intuitive eating, right? Intuitive eating is not just about eating anything we want. It's about actually noticing how we feel, how the food makes us feel. So when you eat sugar and all you eat is sugar all day, I can guarantee you that you're not going to feel good. But for you to not feel good, you have to be in your body. You have to be connected. And then two, you have to respect your body, which is also another tenant of intuitive eating. You see how when you begin this journey, you're rewiring every piece of your relationship to food. And that's what intuitive eating is about. It's not just about the food. It's about the before and the after. So let me recap the five steps for you to stop dieting and start eating better. Number one, understand diet culture and make a choice. Reject diet culture, step number two. Three, be present with your food. Step number four, from external cue to internal cues of hunger and fullness. And then step number five is seeking satisfaction in your food. Intuitive eating is a journey. Many women that no longer take part in diet culture are on this journey of becoming or re-becoming an intuitive eater. And it works because our brain has something that's called neuroplasticity. Like neuroscience has told us about 20 years ago that we have the ability to rewire our habits because of neuroplasticity. So the process of changing your dieting habits to becoming a natural intuitive eater is going to be facilitated through neuroplasticity. It can be done. But it's not about perfection. It's about progress. That's why intuitive eating is a journey. Now, at the beginning of the podcast, I promised you a free tool, right? Some more guidance. I said, don't take any notes. So we do have a introduction to intuitive eating course that we put together for you to help you start this new relationship to food. The link to get this tool is free in the show note, and you can also go to www.theintuitiveeatingcourse.com. This free package contains a short PDF guide 
And then over five days, we're going to deliver a short video to you, less than five minutes, to talk about five different components of beginning your intuitive eating journey. So topic like intuitive eating and weight loss, the health benefit of intuitive eating based on research, how to move from chasing weight loss, actually chasing health. This is all included into that free tool. So it's all over our website. If you go to stephaniedoze.com, you can also find it there. So it's a must watch and an excellent first step that's going to frame intuitive eating for you. Did you enjoy the show? I hope it answered the question for you how to stop dieting and eating better. The next step for you is to actually go get that free program, get the videos and the PDF, and then start your journey. If you think that this podcast was helpful to you, we would love to have a review from you left on our podcast platform. Whatever you're listening from iTunes, you can go right into your phone right now, leave us a review or on Android phone via Stitcher, you can leave a review here or come to our website, stephaniedoze.com slash review. A review from you would be really helpful. This is free content that I invest my time in doing so it can help you and review in turn helps me get my message discovered by more women by ranking the podcast higher. So I would really appreciate if you could leave one. Next week's podcast is going to be another one you're going to want to listen to. The topic is going to be what's missing from your program. Podcast 201. I love you, sister, and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode.